Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right. Good morning. Happy Monday. Bill Ryder with you. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket Cam. We got Tom DeCelestino, the executive producer, as always, with us in New York. I'm in L.A., but he's everywhere. He's universal on Twitter at DCLCBS. We have Andrew Bogish. Same deal. Only at Andrew Bogish for the Universal Worldwide part. I'm on Twitter, Sports Rider, Sports R E I T E R. Good morning, D So. Good weekend. Phone weekend. A little apple picking going on. Good morning, Bill. No apple picking, no pumpkin carving, a lot of football mm. watching. Might be. I was thinking about this. Would you agree it might be the busiest Monday in terms of things going on this year for us? Has to be. There is Has to be in the so much going on this morning. Tennessee beats Alabama after Tennessee gets up and Alabama does the, of course, they're going to come back, only it doesn't end the way we expected. We'll get into that. We'll talk to Brian McFadden. USC also goes down. Some baseball drama, and, and not just the Dodgers collapse. Really interesting outcomes in this new format including the Phillies, who wouldn't even have made the postseason last year, advancing to the NLCS and all kinds of celebrations for the Padres. So we'll talk some baseball in a little bit. Mr. Brian McFadden will be on the program an hour from now. Hit a bunch of football in that conversation. Buy or sell, we'll preview a game between a team that has a coach who knows what he's doing, I think, pretty sure on the Chargers, and then we'll also the Broncos are also playing different kind of coaching category situation we'll hit a bunch of things and we'll take your calls if you want to call us if that's something you're interested in at 855-212-4CBS and again Twitter sports writer sports R-E-I-T-E-R a lot of interesting football games yesterday I was trying to make sense of all of them Ravens Bucks Packers go to three and three Philly in an impressive game Cooper Rush notwithstanding remains undefeated Cooper Rush finds out that midnight means everything turns back into a pumpkin. That was cool for him. It's a bummer, too, that they pointed out his wife came to his road game for the first time. Poor guy. Poor guy. Really compelling Bill's Chiefs game. A lot of stuff going on. Here's what struck me. And give the Jets and the Giants credit, by the way. Big wins for those New York teams. Here's what struck me. 
in what was one of the most interesting, compelling, fascinating, not just sports weekends, and that's true for the reasons we just talked about what we're going to hit later in the show, but NFL weekends in this NFL season. We got a glimpse last night, yesterday, over the weekend, of the future of the National Football League. And that really is the post-Brady-Rogers era. Now, are we there? Maybe. Maybe we are. Maybe we're not. Not going to write off Brady and Rodgers in the same season despite the lackluster performances from their teams and each of those guys for different reasons. But these are two players, and I know a lot of it's weighted toward Brady, but it's not entirely, who have dominated the National Football League for more than a decade. Brady largely, largely in the AFC, obviously that run with the the Patriots, now he's in the NFC with, with, with Tampa Bay, and Rodgers largely in the NFC, entirely in the NFC, his domination. Each of those guys, Diesel found this day, I didn't know this, excluding last season, so a little glimpse of the glimpse of the future, at least one of those guys had been in an NFC championship game going, how long, Diesel, did you say 70 years? Since the 30s? Uh, Not quite. Back to 2010. 2010. Got it. Got it. Uh, Since 2010, one of those dudes had been in an NFC Championship game. And remember, they played against each other a few seasons ago. And if you want to break that up a little bit, again, since 2010, pretty long timeline. Longer than most careers in the NFL. Longer than many Hall of Fame careers in the National Football League. That's a long time. Brady has made... Nine championship games. Eight in the AFC and then the one with the Bucks that he won. And Rodgers had made five. We have taken for granted their level of domination in their respective divisions and the National Football League. Now, obviously, as it relates to Super Bowl wins, you got Rodgers with one and Brady with what feels like 101. But the game has largely had to contend with each of these guys and each of their teams. And what we saw over the weekend whether it's here permanently or not, is the future of the National Football League. And that is an NFL picture that you know is dominated by quarterback play in which these guys are not front and center if they're in the picture at all. And we got a couple reasons for that. And I'm not taking anything away from the teams that beat them. Look, give the Steelers credit for what? Was it 2018, I think, was the final score? That's a, that's a big win for Mike Tomlin. And Mitchell Trubisky, who came in when, when Kenny Pickett went down injury, played well and made some really big throws. But remember, Tom Brady looks like he's glimpsing the same thing that I saw, which is a future without him, and he likes it. He is miserable. He clearly doesn't want to be out there. I think it is worth pointing out and noting he skipped the Saturday walkthrough, just didn't show up, which is not a thing Tom Brady tends to do. And all the narrative was, well, it'll be fine. They're playing the Steelers. It wasn't fine. Steelers beat him. You saw if you watched the game or you're on social media in any way, Tom Brady going bonkers on his offensive line. And I know those things happen. I get it. I understand. I cover sports for a living. But there's a line and an edge, and it looked more like rage and less like tactics. And Brady trying here to be complimentary of the team that beat him just sounds, and again, this to me is a look into the future, right? It's that terrible Ben Affleck movie where they make the newspapers with the mirrors and you can see into the future a little bit. Was Aaron Eckhart in that? Horrible film. But interesting concept. Sad Tom Brady here is a glimpse of the NFL where this guy does not impose his will in any way, shape, or form. They did a good job. You know, the guys that were in there did a good job for him. They tackled well and limited some run after catch. Um, We just missed too many opportunities in the red area and uh, 
you know, it's a game of scoring points, and we just didn't do well enough on third down and in short yardage situations, and certainly not well enough in the right area. Normally when someone dominates any field, any world, any sphere that matters or that doesn't matter, you don't have a lot of sympathy when, when they don't, right, when that goes away. But I feel bad for Tom Brady. He's obviously miserable in his personal life. It's been reported a lot. He is, what, a 45-year-old quarterback in the NFL. I'm sure there, there's pain involved. And you saw last week on the garbage roughing the passer call that salvaged the Bucks. Bucks shouldn't even be three. Not that they shouldn't be 3-3, three and three, but it's possible they should be 2-4. and four. We don't know. Where Brady lost his temper and kicked out of the defender and got, got fined for it the last few days. He doesn't want to be there, man. He's miserable. The game passes you by. Time catches up to you. And in Brady's case, and this has never happened because his longevity, maybe your personal life, right? I, we don't talk a lot about athletes, families, and wives, and kids, and just their general lives getting to the point where they say you have to retire because usually they have to retire in their 30s. Young, young, right? Okay, we got a lot of time together. We're seeing life without Tom Brady's passion, even though he's still out there, and it's not very effective. Now, do I think Aaron Rodgers, the glimpse of life without Rodgers, is a little premature? Maybe a little. But remember, just fair. he talked about retirement, whether it was a leverage game or not. Very similar thing. You can question the passion. And, and I kind of joke about the Jeopardy thing because I find the Jeopardy thing kind of funny. But that's him actually looking at, experimenting with, playing with, leverage or otherwise, something else to do. He misses Devontae Adams. Remember, he didn't show up for some of the OTAs early in the season and said, oh, don't worry, I, you know, I'm, I, I come in later, it's fine. And now he's calling out his own players. And I want you to hear... This clip here, it's, it's also, and I'm not making fun of him, it's, it's interesting to hear two cornerbacks who have dominated the sport for a decade, and really more than that, who are, you know, the best QB of all time, and I, I don't know where I put Rodgers, three to seven, somewhere in that range, but are among the greatest quarterback, the greatest QB of all time, and a guy in Rodgers who's in the conversation and had those multiple NFC championship appearances, had several of them gone better, might be much, much higher in the conversation, to hear Aaron Rodgers sound like a guy who's flummoxed, who's frustrated, who can't do what he used to do, and who's staring at an NFL, if it doesn't exclude him, it certainly no longer fears him and has to bend in his, in, it's, you know, in his presence like it used to. We've got to be realistic about where we're at. We've played a couple uh, subpar games the last two, so we've got to play better. But uh, wobbly, only if people are breaking rank. You know, I think it'll be interesting to look at the comments uh, from all of our guys and coaches, and hopefully we stick together. That's the important thing. But until I see us breaking ranks, I'm not going to say there's any wobbliness going on. Yeah, as long as people aren't saying things I don't approve of. What is this, the Communist Party thing in China right now that's reelecting the, the president there to an unprecedented third term? Look, everything's fine unless people say things I don't approve of. Remember last week, some of his guys just put into the universe that maybe the Jets could and give the Jets credit. Played a hell of a game. Give Nick Costos credit, who I would have called out anyway, but apparently he's walking around the newsroom in New York. He told us to get on the Jets in the money line. I put the bet in through my brother. My brother was like, that's a bad bet. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Money in my pocket. Watch your mouth, Bobby, when Nick Costos is giving you advice. Give the Jets credit. All right, so a glimpse of the NFL without these guys being clearly in the mix. What does that look like? Well, it, it looks like Bill's Chiefs. And I know last night only one of those teams could win, but that was a hell of a football game. And the future of the NFL probably has a real strong chance, and certainly the AFC, to go through Buffalo and Kansas City. 
The Bills obviously win the game. They get it done. They exercise some of the demons of last year's postseason, that second-round playoff game. Josh Allen was phenomenal. The defense was really good. You've got multiple Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, and I should say Diggs first, but you've got multiple. It's a really good football team. And I'm not making excuses for the Chiefs, but it's also the Chiefs are the future, and we knew this, of the next year in the NFL, as far as Mahomes will limit mistakes. Early, early first possession, red zone, turnover by Patrick Mahomes, came back to haunt him. We talk a lot about Kansas City playing with its food. You can't do that against the Buffalo Bills. They're as big a predator as you are. Can't do it. And just a terrible interception at the end of the game. Chiefs have the ball at the end of the game, first and ten, not a lot of time. Mahomes threw a terrible, terrible pick. Those are two teams, though, that can define that era. And I can't believe I'm saying this because things, when they, when they come, when they change, when the unexpected occurs, very few of us really see it. It's cool the Padres won if you're not a Dodgers fan. Didn't see it. It's cool the Phillies won. Didn't see it. It's cool the Warriors are now a dominant basketball team. Nobody saw it 10 years ago. And I'm not going to pretend I thought the Jets or the Giants would be formidable football teams this year. But they are. And I think Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones, Jets and Giants, Cowboys respectively, are interesting and works in progress. And Daniel Jones made a really nice throw at the end of that game that went against the Ravens. Like He looked like a guy under control, under pressure, winning the game. But the real thing about both of those New York football teams is the defense and the level of defense they're playing. And if those organizations and the roster construction we've seen if the level of defense and effort and the lack of mistakes, and I'm sorry, New York fans, but the incompetence, and not just the quarterback play, because that's always true but easy to pick on, if these teams are as good over the next seven weeks, few years, in terms of their execution as they've been at the start of the season, these guys are legit. Really good wins. You go into Lambeau and you beat the Packers, legit. You beat the Ravens, legit. Now that brings me to um, Lamar Jackson. Not the future of the National Football League. Not the guy that's going to help replace Brady and Aaron Rodgers. He is a more storied, more accomplished, better hardware version of Kyler Murray, which is to say guys that just aren't effective in big moments. And to be fair, Lamar's effective sometimes. Kyler Murray doesn't even know what he's doing. Neither of those guys look like they're going to put their imprint on the sport. And in a league where quarterback play dominates everything, and it does, and where having that star who can bend the game to your will is critical, and it is, in a league where Brady's not going to be impactful, and it's coming, again, we're seeing it, we're seeing a look at it, in a league where Rodgers eventually is going to retire or not be impactful, there aren't that many game-changing quarterbacks. There's Mahomes, if he can get out of his own way. There's Josh Allen, although the Chiefs' defense was really impressive. What Steve Spagnuolo, Spags, the defensive coordinator, threw at Allen was really good. Allen also had a turnover on that opening drive in the red zone. Somewhat of the future is a little bit of balance because the teams that are playing well, and I'm throwing Philly in here now, still undefeated, maybe the best team in the NFL. I know they played Cooper Rush, but if you watch that game, especially the first half, Philadelphia's defense utterly dominated the Cowboys. And you can throw Cooper Rush at me, and Dak Prescott's expecting to be back next week, week seven. We'll see. I'm not a big Dak guy. But Cooper Rush had been effective up to that moment. You're going to have to be able to do all of it. Now, now Justin Herbert's a name I probably should throw into the future quarterback race. One game is not going to decide that. He's got the rib injury, but he does play a Denver team tonight that's desperate for a win, who has a coach who doesn't know what he's doing. I actually checked because now I'm in hockey. I'm into hockey now. 
blue shirts. And it turns out, I, I thought maybe Nathaniel Hackett was had been a hockey. I thought maybe he'd just come from like a Ted Lasso thing. No, he's he, he had a career in football, just all evidence absolutely to the contrary. We're getting a look at life beyond Brady and Rodgers. Now, I have written stories about, not Rodgers, but the the end of the Brady, Brady era before. And I believe that was in um, 2012. So that didn't go over very well. So I'm usually a little hesitant. But we certainly are looking at what that's going to feel like and look like. Maybe I should be mentioning the Minnesota Vikings here. Can't because I don't believe in their quarterback. Maybe I should be mentioning the Miami Dolphins. I kind of do believe it if they can actually get a quarterback. And they, they've been doing the carousel thing, and they've gone through 31 different QBs, even though it's just three different guys. Tua still out. His return, though, I think makes him really, really interesting. We have a lot of teams that are in that 3-3, three and 4-3, three, and three, mediocre range. Nobody's 4-3 and three because of the number of games that's been played, but you know what I'm saying. The future of the NFL is wide open. Brady and Rodgers are aging. The Packers are playing lackluster football. I think they have a much more likely opportunity to turn it around because Aaron Rodgers is a younger guy. He might have to adjust his leadership, but for Brady, when you're miserable and you don't want to be there and you're unhappy, it doesn't matter how good you are at what you do for a living, how well paid or not you are. If you hate what you do, you will not be good at it, especially if part of your job is to rally other people. We got a glimpse of, of, of life without those guys who have dominated the sport. Haven't won everything, but have either won it or have had to be beaten for somebody else to win it. Going on 12 years now, and it's really longer than that. There was a, a gap in the middle for Brady, but early part of this century, guy was doing amazing things too. Future is Mahomes and Allen. We'll get a look tonight. Again, small piece of the pie, not an answer because it's, it's just the Broncos. But Herbert's supposed to be part of that equation. It ain't Lamar, man. It ain't Kyler. I don't think it's Kirk, Kirk Cousins. I call him Kirk Kissing Cousins. I did think last night at whatever the hell they are, 5-1, I'm going to have to stop saying that if he keeps winning. But don't worry. Don't worry if you like the name. He's not going to keep winning. All right, 855-212-4CBS. Do you want to give us your future of the National Football League? Nothing constant but change. Sorry, Packers fans. Sorry, Bucks fans. Man, the Bills might be the best team in the NFL. Tom, am I you know, answer this. Answer it in a minute. Am I even allowed to put the Chiefs on the power rankings at two? I don't think I am. Tom shaking his head. You answered it, bro. I get it. He's wearing a pretty, like, Sylvester Stallone-style hoodie. He looks menacing, so I'm not going to. 855-2124-CBS. Let's talk some baseball. We don't do that enough. Love, love the new format. But it's an if. But if if the Yankees lose tonight in the Bronx... Three of the four favorites, three of the teams, the four that have to sit out for four or five days are going to have gone down. On Major League Baseball's chaos, on the Dodgers' collapse, on the underdogs' wins, and what it says about the sport next year on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Oh, hey, it's me. It's us, Andrew Bogish, Tom D. Celestino. For the moment, Bill Ryder has stepped away. He'll probably rejoin us here on Writer Than You on this Monday morning. Now, Bill likes to tell me that I don't listen to the show, and sometimes I am definitely guilty of not listening to the show. I will be honest and hear and say I was not really listening to the show to start the, this morning's program. Now, I do know, I do know that he did win money thanks to our good friend Nick Costos, who is still physically in the building. I'm sure that Diesel cannot wait to share with you listening something Nick Costos said off mic and then on mic during the DA show about me. It was a gift. I mean, it, straight from the heavens, straight out of Santa Claus's sled right into D-Cell's hands. Whether he uses it today or down the road, picks his time, the best spot. Tom, sorry. I, I don't I, I'm know. So, guys, sorry. Andrew, I'm sorry. Wait, I, I wait, just... What, um, who? I was so emotional. I heard you say that you listened to the show, and I jumped up and exclaimed and then fell over and hurt myself. I was oh, gone for like but you're minutes. okay now. Bit of a pain in my right arm, but I'm left-handed, so it's okay. Okay. Yeah. Did you hear what I was saying just a second ago? Because I was hoping <laughs> yeah. that you wouldn't hear that. I did. Well, I caught some of it, then I got excited that I that I was able to stand up. But I heard Nick Costos said something about you on your show. Yeah, I mean, Diesel, do you want to? I don't want to steal your thunder. Do you want to set this up? There's no way that I could summarize this uh, as well as you can. I'm going to summarize what I saw with my own eyes, right inches away from me this morning when I got the pleasure of meeting Mr. Nick Costos in person. Uh, Bogus, you guys are tight. You guys are good buddies. He knows all your family members by name. Good job by him. Really? He let you know, Bogus, you're not aging that well, man. He went right for it. Oh, no. Well, here's what I can't. He said you're going on 48 years old. Yeah, here's what I can't decide. Much like the youth pastor comment with which he agreed with Bill on, he, what he presented today, I think he thought was supposed to make me feel good, and it did not. <laughs> and it came on the heels I have not. I've known Nick since he was a freshman in college. Nick was at my wedding. We've worked together for years at Sirius XM. Satellite Wait, radio you invite here. colleagues to your wedding? That's that's pretty bizarre. I was, I, my pretty wife weird. let me. There were a couple that didn't make the cut that still don't let me forget that they were not invited to my wedding. That's another story. Um, but Nick Costos was there. I, I was given one table out of fifty that I could have my friends at, and Nick was was there. 
Um, so we're tight, but I hadn't seen him in a long time. Heard he was coming in this morning. Excited to see him. He walked in. We were right next to D-Cell's desk, and I know how much that Nick loves you, Bill, and how much Tom loves Nick. So right away, I said, and you've got to meet Tom DeCelestino, Bill Ryder's producer. Oh, great. How are you? Handshake, great. And then Nick turns back to me, and again, haven't seen him in, in face-to-face in a long time, and he goes, you look really good. You're really easing into your late 40s. Oh, no. And I went, I'm not late 40s. And he's like, if you if you told me you were 50, I'm like, yeah, you look good for 50. Like, I'm not 50. It was so good. I'm 42. 42. So good. 42. 42. You're than, younger I than I am. Yeah, and I don't. I usually get the, oh, you don't look that old, especially when no one's seeing the bald spot. Um, but now he's telling he's he's on the uptick with my age as if I'm supposed to be happy with what he's saying. No, now he looks young. You. He like he's he's got. I mean, I'm not sure it's a glow up. I think he's always been stylish, but he Correct. he wears really stylish like sweats when he wears or jeans, and he's yes. got the shoes to pop with the shirt. He's always been very cool. Yeah, he's a cool dude. I I, I gotta say maybe this is where the youth pastor thing comes in because it also is a bridge of of, of decades. A youth pastor could be anywhere from 38 to 52, right? It's a very sort of, there's a sheen of, of, of religiosity and optimism with the cool clothes and the kindness meets the edge of the, you know, talking to the young kids. Maybe this is part of what I, how I, the sense I get from you in that. I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I just yeah. think as far as the youth pastor thing goes, I think people, when they say that, they go one of two ways. They either go, oh, youth pastor, that's great, helping the Lord and helping kids, great yeah. living. And other people go, youth pastors are creepy. I defaulted to the creepy angle. So did D-Cell. I do not mean it's creepy at all. I know. You and Nick Costos think it's a nice thing. Whatever. No longer matters to me after today's just verbal attack by my former good friend, Nick Costos. There are definitely creepy people that work at CBS Sports Radio that, that, mm. that come off as creepy. Yes. You are not one of those people. Thank I mean, you. On the spectrum... If I had to rank everybody, I'm not sure I could find a less creepy person than you. And there's a lot of non-creepy people, right? D-Cell's grumpy. He's not creepy. Not creepy. But if I had to rank, so that's not where I'm going. Uh, Can I ask you a baseball question? Absolutely. I love this. I love this. Uh, I think I really like the new format. The excitement's been incredible. That Dodgers-Padres game, I don't know if you guys watched it, was awesome. Torrential downpour toward the end, unless you're, of course, a, a, a Dodgers fan. The Dodgers collapse, by the way. I don't know if this if this is a balm for you or not as a Mets fan. I think utterly eclipses whatever supposed collapse did or didn't happen for the Mets. Who cares? Because a 111-win team not only failed in the postseason, but failed to even make it out of, in this case, the NLDS, which I believe is the first time that a team with that many wins has failed to advance at least, because only what, four other teams have won 111 games or more? Amazing. And I love the Phillies beating the Braves. Mm. But if if the Yankees lose tonight, and maybe, maybe they won't, but if they do, and three out of the four teams that had to sit for a bunch of days lose, and remember, the Astros, were I think, were going to be a victim of that momentum thing too, and then they had that crazy comeback against the Mariners with the walk-off home run, but the Mariners were up big in that game. Has ba- my question for you is, has baseball potentially created a situation where it's a huge advantage to whatever teams come out of the best of three? Because baseball teams aren't used to taking three or four or five days off 
in in the middle of the season when it matters. Yeah, it was always my argument against playoff expansion that teams wouldn't want to sit for five, six, or seven days. Um, and then they said, shut up, and they did it. And here we are now. <laughs> and I don't know, I, I, are they two different things? Is it Are they rusty, or is it the other team has the advantage of already being in the playoffs? When they get to game one of that series, they're just already in playoff mode. You know, the Braves... The Braves got smoked and got yep. upset by a, like a definitely inferior team. 87-win Phillies team that wouldn't have made the playoffs yeah. in last year's format. The Dodgers got smoked and losing in four games, losing the last three, but they also, they were close games. They were back and forth games, and the issues that the Dodgers, which, by the way, I thought they would lose to the Mets because of, were the issues why they lost to the Padres. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what to make of it. I don't think in any direction, though, after one season or one postseason I don't think we can make any actual final decision but this is not the start you wanted if you were thinking that being off for five days is not a big deal if the Yankees win tonight it's going to mute or erase the entire conversation but I I think it's I think there's something I think there's something to it And, and I think had the Mariners been able to hold on to that that big lead in game one against the Astros I I think it could have gone I think it could have gone a different direction that that comeback and that Alvarez, was it two-run walk-off? No, three-run walk-off. Three-run walk-off reversed the momentum, right? It just it was a, it was a complete, and I I think momentum's huge in the postseason in baseball. In a way, it's not in other sports at all. But but nothing, like yeah. But nothing was nothing was a direct line. The Braves were down seven-one in Game One. They rallied and lost by one. Then they won they Game. Lost. Right. But then they won game two, so yep. it was 1-1. And then they went to Philadelphia and got smoked again. But, like, even the, you know, the Dodgers series was, they won game one. The Dodgers did. They had a lead in game four, and their bullpen messed it up. The Yankees won game one. Yep. Then, you know, lost a tight game two. Should have could have won the series already in Cleveland, but let them off the hook in game three with an epic bullpen But in collapse. a best-of-five series, I think the margins are small. The Dodgers, if I'm getting this right, won five separate series against the Padres this season. Did not lose a series. Right, 14 of 19 the games they won head-to-head. And then, I know they won the first game, but my point is, you're a little off, you're a little rusty, you win the first game, cool. You lose the second game, all of a sudden it's 1-1. It feels like all this pressure. You go to San Diego, and this applies, I think, in the other series. And it's just, you're sort of in your own head. And, and certainly the Padres' five-run, and I can't remember, was it fifth inning or sixth inning, was, inc- and I, was incredible to turn a 3-0 deficit into a 5-3 lead. But I don't know. I, I like the format, and, and because none of these are my teams, I'm not emotionally connected. Diesel was making a face. I couldn't tell if it was a just a lot of faces. A month. It was a decent, just be, you being decel, or did you have a a a baseball? Get in there, Tom. I'm, don't be don't be the Mets. I'm clearly doing a good job of hiding my emotions, huh? Multiple faces during one segment. Uh, look, yeah, you looked really put out when 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 Bogus said something, and really put out when I said something. I'm going to talk out of both ends of my mouth here, and I I think both of these things can be true. I think this format is incredibly entertaining. I think we got a lot of great series. I think baseball is happy with that, but I think this format is broken. It does not reward it does not reward greatness. We are gonna get a hundred and eleven win Dodgers team, a hundred and one win Braves team, a hundred and one win Mets team, a ninety-nine win Yankees team, maybe, who are gonna be eliminated so quickly. This is the seventy-three win Golden State Warriors 
all over again. Why are we playing 162 games? Why are the Dodgers trying to win 111 games when it does not matter? This is going to lead to load management in baseball. It's what it should lead to. It doesn't matter. Win 85 games, barely squeak in. You have just as good a chance as anybody else. Greatness in the regular season is not rewarded. It's getting highlighted this year. I think it's a reasonable concern. And and we won't know for a couple seasons. There won't be enough evidence for people to believe it for a couple seasons. But I think I'm with Diesel. Gosh, these are words that make me uncomfortable. But we have to sort of live where we're uncomfortable. I agree with Diesel. So the only thing that I would agree with Diesel on in terms of rewarding greatness is they have to reseed after wild card weekend because the Dodgers are the number one seed should have played the Phillies in this round. And maybe That's they still maybe still they somehow lose that series too, but they should not have had to play the Padres in this round where planes have advanced, hotel reservations can be made or changed and canceled. You know no matter what that some team this year was going to LA and going to Atlanta for those game one of those division series. So you can reserve the same number yes, of hotel rooms. I've done it. Everyone's got charter flights. Yeah. This can be figured out so that we don't, and we all can handle it as adults, as fans on the outside. Like our brain can process if team A wins, they go here, but if team B wins, then we flip. So it should have been reseeded that it was Dodgers, Phillies, Braves, Padres in this round. Maybe we get the same outcomes. Maybe we don't. But, but otherwise, I don't know. What else you're supposed to do to reward greatness? The Dodgers got time to line up their pitching staff to get other guys healthy, and they got to play the first two games at home, and they didn't take advantage. So is that their fault or the off. system's fault? Yeah, I mean, the, and they're not going to unring the bell. They're never going to reduce the number of teams that make the postseason, so I don't have a good answer. But I think there's a lot of anecdotal evidence over the years. It hasn't happened a lot because series would have to fall the right way. But there is some anecdotal evidence. We've seen teams that have been hot at the end of Major League Baseball seasons who come in and are not as good, and even like a team sitting for a few days waiting on a series often doesn't play as well. I think it's, I'm not sure what the solution is. Maybe the reseeding, and I would maybe tweak it because baseball needs to be edgier anyway. Why not let the team choose their opponent? Well, I think that was on the table. I think that has been on the table in the past, and um, maybe even somebody else floated it out too in a different sport about picking your first matchup for whatever reason. And I just... I guess, but I I would never sign up for that as the picking team because if you get upset, it is bolt and board material. Then too. you're in trouble. The problem is the Padres weren't just the Padres are a good baseball team, right? And I know the Dodgers don't view them as rivals the way the Padres do, but the Padres view the Dodgers as their mortal enemies. And you heard at that ballpark beat L.A. So I mean, it's it's a real. And it's a rivalry series on top of being a short series, on top of all the structural flaws of the Dodgers, on top of the fact that Dave Roberts probably isn't the guy, and I think he's going to survive, on top of the fact that Dodgers had to sit for a bunch of days. I, like, looking back, I wish I'd bet on the Padres. And, and Nick Costos, to go back to – he bet on the Phillies to win that series, if I remember right, Diesel, from our conversation with him on Friday. I think he had a ticket at the start of the series for Philly to win that series, which is a great – a great pull, by the way. He absolutely did, so kudos to him. All right. Um, Bogus, I'm sorry I fell over and hurt my arm. I'm just you glad were. you're back. I mean, it's a little... Can you see the bruise on the Skype? A little... I just see biceps. Mm. Oh, that's deep. That's Tom. I'm <laughs> oh, trying, my I'm trying to catch up. Wrong to... screen. Try... By the way, let me just... Let me ask you a question. I'm driving last night to get to get um, carry out for my, for my kids. Right? We got to this amazing Indian food. It was great. And it's like 8 o'clock at night. It's dark. 
And where I live, on my drive to the restaurant, there are some places that are huge bay windows that are on a main street, right? So, like, if it's dark and your lights are on and you live in that home, you know everyone can see into your house. And there's a guy that was, like, 6'8". I was at a four-way stop sign, and everyone was just staring at this guy. No one was going. I mean, I don't know if he's 6'8". Huge dude in Speedos just walking back and forth in front of his window. Does that break the social contract? Like, I don't want to I know you're in your home, but you also know that you're – what do you – I mean, he was ripped. Good for that guy. He had a – you know, he was like a D-cell kind of thing going on, but mm-hmm. – so was your question seemed... was, can I stop and look? What's what's the question no, here? It's, can I can I judge him for being a d bag for doing that? Yeah, you can judge him, but he doesn't care if he's in good shape. That's why he's doing it, though. He's showing off in his house. Yeah, there's a gym. He there's a he... beach what? nine blocks away. Walk down there when it's light outside. Like you said, he knows he has that window there. He knows everyone can see him. I was just like, Am I, what is what is what is happening right now? Anyway. Yeah, I mean, he might he might be a jerk. We don't know, but my I thought you were going to ask, like, could I have watched? Like, I stare at him. Like, well, you could, you guys like a time limit. You can like digest the situation for what's going on, and then, but then you got to move on. You should probably at some wasn't, point step on the gas. Wasn't this a friends thing? There's another house down where I live. I just don't even go by anymore. Where the couple will just like prance around. The couple, like, uh, well, it's part of the you know. Anyway, they People probably weird, want you man. to watch. Yeah, they wasn't there a friends thing here. Decent, you're the big friends expert. Well, there was ugly naked guy across, like in the other apartment guy. building that they were could see. Very getting similar. Changed. Minus no one's ugly in L.A. other than me. Right. I'm it. Like I'm yeah, I'm like a unicorn here. What is that? Oh, it's belly fat. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what that is. Are you okay, yeah, sir? <laughs> are you are you an alien? <laughs> yes, yes. Are you Phil Bider? Pretty close. Pretty close. All right, let's um. <laughs> Dang it. Can I start a charity for you? Are you okay? <laughs> is everything going to be okay? <laughs> oh, this is... I got a Weight Watchers thing in the mail with my name on it the other day. Don't even know where that... Like, how'd they, how'd they know? All of your neighbors chipped in. <laughs> Actually got one. Yeah, they did. The entire community. I'm the guy. I'm the only one. Please help us stay in business. We should never have opened an L.A. office. Next thing you get to All be right. a Dodger for a day. They feel so bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> get you a uniform, take BP. Oh, it's sitting on my table. Wait, what? I mean, I would never go to Weight Watchers, but how'd they know? That's what I don't understand. All right, 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Uh, Tennessee beat Alabama, and USC goes down to Utah. College football scrambled in an interesting way. We'll get into it after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from a very, very good-looking 40-year-old man. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 
You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Remember, this season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast stream live for free. Monday, Thursday, Sunday nights, the International Series holiday triple headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports, all sponsored by AutoZone. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. If you are aspiring to be a national champion in college football, and you are specifically Alabama, and that means you're going to have, what, D-Cell at worst, the second, maybe third most talented group of defensive players in football, outside of maybe Georgia, maybe, you can't give up 52 points. You just can't do it. And give Tennessee credit, the Volunteers at home got up fairly big early on. Bama storms back. And look, putting up a 52-burger on Alabama, impressive. Beating Alabama, of course, impressive. Getting up is impressive. But the ability to have the mental fortitude to hold off that Alabama team, to mount your own smaller comeback, to fight those guys late in the game, where Alabama's used to these scenarios and you're not, is incredible. Yes, it was kind of a wobbling, bizarre field goal that seals the game. Doesn't matter. Three points, touchdown, ball game, magic. And you could hear, man, I'm a Saban fan. Even when he loses, he doesn't sound petty. He does sound angry. I would not want to be an Alabama player today. They're still running. I don't know whether he made them run home from Knoxville or not. I'm not. I don't think that's probably likely. Here is Nick Saban getting into what happened in that loss for Alabama. Got to give them a lot of credit. They did a nice job with their offense based on what we were trying to do on defense. But uh, we didn't execute well enough. Um, Got to give our players a lot of credit for you know fighting back, and getting back in the game uh, after getting behind 21-7, and you know having an opportunity to win. You know, at the end, um, you know, wish we could do some things a little different uh, in the end, play a little better, uh, played way too soft at the end to let them go down the field 50 yards to get in field goal range. Um, so, you know, I think that the, the big thing that our players need to do is learn, you know, from this experience. And remember, Tennessee beat a Bama team that had Bryce Young back. He played fine. He played well through for 455 yards and a couple touchdowns. But my goodness, that Tennessee passing game. Hendon Hooker was, how many touchdown passes did he have? Five? Six? I lost track. As I was drinking a beer, screaming at my television. And I normally root for Alabama. I just do. I like Saban. I found myself rooting for Alabama in the comeback. And then I thought, you know what? To hell with it. Let's go Tennessee. And a couple things happened yesterday that could set up the doomsday scenario for non-SEC fans. And I guess the the wonderful scenario for, for SEC fans that Dennis Dodd walked us through last week. I'm going to ask Brian McFadden about it in a few minutes, but it was the notion and the idea that the SEC can get three of the four teams in the college football playoff. Tennessee had to win. That was a big if. But also, USC losing to Utah takes away one of the teams you can argue for, and you can make whatever argument you want for a one-loss team out of some of these other conferences. Part of what I think would be required have, with Tennessee having won, if Tennessee wins out from here, which is likely, based on the way they played, not guaranteed, but certainly likely, if Georgia wins out from here un- until the SEC championship game, which seems likely, and I think Alabama's going to win out. I do think they'll do what Saban said. I think they'll learn from this. No one's better 
at coming back from a loss than Nick Saban and turning it into a national championship or a near national championship. If all of those things happen, and it's a big if, but Bama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, all three of these teams could get in, and the argument against that, or the counterweight, would be undefeated teams that have its own national following, blue blood type identity. One of those is USC, and they're gone. Clemson won, but they're, I don't think Clemson's very good, and I'm not sure they're going to get the credit that they used to get. Now, Michigan looked outstanding in that game against Penn State, and Michigan very well may beat Ohio State, and I'm not, we'll, we'll, the winner of, the win, here's what I'll say, based on what I saw over the weekend. The winner of Michigan-Ohio Ohio State is going to play in the national championship game. And so if the SEC scenario plays itself out, if Tennessee, how do you leave, how do, you can't leave Tennessee out now. They just beat Alabama if they win out. Dece, I'll ask you what I asked you last week. If Alabama wins out, and I mean wins out all the way through and beats Georgia, if Georgia wins out but loses to Alabama in that final game of the regular season, championship game, SEC championship game, and if Tennessee wins out and you have to leave one off, who are you leaving off, Georgia? It has to be Georgia. I feel I I feel can't do it. Terrible about it. In that situation, if somebody has to be left out, it's Georgia. Tennessee, pretty legit, and they're at three now. Bama goes to six. They swap spots, and I thought there was a strong argument for for Tennessee to go to number one. But it doesn't really matter if Tennessee wins out based on their placement, based on the fact they're three. They have to stay there. You have to leave them there. Man, what a fun weekend of college football. Unbelievable football game, too. All right, let's. right, I'm going to ask Brian McFadden. Can the SEC get three teams in the college football playoff? Answer coming for you next on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.